what is up we are back again with another episode of the comfortably uncomfortable podcast it's yours truly trambo i can't go any further without giving a huge thank you to every last one of you who listened last week it was my most viewed episode uh more than any episode i got in season one i'm not sure if it was because y'all missed me or i had a bunch of new people listening but it was my most viewed i am very very thankful for that um thank you to all the feedback i got um from everybody i was really really overwhelmed um last monday taking it back because i always expect you know my close friends my like you know 10 to 15 people to repost but i had so many people repost it and it felt good man and just the dms the texts the comments it really made me feel good um like i said i'm not sure if y'all miss me or i really fuck with it but either way i'm very grateful um all the feedback was great um it seemed to um that everybody loved uh how transparent and how vulnerable i was um that's the goal every time i get on this microphone that's why it's called comfortably uncomfortable because i want you to feel how uncomfortable those situations made me but how i found uh to be so comfortable in them at the same time i'm always going to give y'all transparent uh raw honest conversation um that's my only rule to myself when i record is if i can't be transparent and vulnerable then i'm not doing this and i promise um the plan i got laid out for this entire season because i want to have a guest for every episode is for the guest to be vulnerable to be transparent as well so i've only picked people that i think i can get the most out of and can tell a story so um please please stick around um and with that being said man you can see the title but i got a very special guest um i always knew once i you know took this pod thing series of mine i'm like my first guest has to be my brother um jay donaldson one of my best friends in the world man people throw around you know real nigga og titles very loosely um Jadon is is all of that and more. I mean, arguably one of the realest niggas you'll ever meet in your life. Um, super solid, humble individual. Um, just an all-around good person, man. Um, so I had to have him on here. Um, I can't wait for y'all to hear the conversation that we had. I mean, if you know Jay, uh, Jay not really a talker. He really just all action. Um, but Jay sat down with me. Or not sat down with me. We kind of tapped in over the phone because he lives in Texas. Um, but for like an hour, man, and he just had some real conversation. A lot of wisdom, dropped a lot of jewels. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure at what point I actually met Jay. Um, majority of my friends I met on Twitter in 2010. And they became like family. Um, so I can't even tell you where me and Jay really met. But me and Jay got a lot of memories. Uh, this won't be Jay's uh, last time on the pod for sure. Uh, maybe one day we'll get into some of the wild stories we got from our past for sure. But again, Jay, one of the realest niggas you ever meet, man. A true inspiration and role model to myself. So I had to get him on here. and He he dropped some jewels for sure. Um, yeah, so I want y'all to just listen to this Um this episode me and him did um and as always i'm uh, um you know start off with um what made me comfortable and what made me uncomfortable this week uh what made me comfortable this week was um uh, space jam um for sure i just remember me being a kid and watching space jam with michael jordan and how exciting it made me um that uh, me and my son watched the new space jam with lebron this week and it was just fire like he just had that that glow in his eye like he loved lebron already i went and got him the uh space jam uh comforter and she set um, so it really made the whole experience for him great. So that really made me comfortable just seeing like 
something that I, that I watched as a kid and I still watch the original every now and then like to see his joy and his excitement for the new one was just super fire so um shout out to lebron for that and yeah space jam uh i, I know it's getting a lot of bad reviews but you just got to realize it's not for us like we had ours it's for the kids and the kids love it so that's really all that matter um what made me uncomfortable this week um not nothing really um for the most part it's just y'all suck at dressing um that's really what made me uncomfortable i've seen a lot of terrible terrible outfits over the weekend on instagram just awful like just terrible um so yeah that's really what made me uncomfortable like i said this is a positive episode i'm not gonna really go too much into what made me uncomfortable but just y'all gotta do better with dressing men and women for sure terrible outfits but without further ado man i'm gonna let y'all hear me and jay down's conversation and bef- bef- before i start that please please go support my brother um don peace watch on instagram don peace watch collection uh if you had any homes for sale in the texas or the nebraska area hit him up at don uh at property don's on instagram he gonna drop all his uh login all his stuff uh in our conversation but for sure go check him out go tap in uh if you haven't already and without further ado here's jay don all right, it's a pleasure to have first guest on a comfortably uncomfortable podcast, my brother, uh, Jadon. Like I said before, um, Jadon, go ahead and tell the people um, who you are, what you do, and everything in between. All right, thanks. First off, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been looking forward to hopping on your podcast with you. Uh, so I definitely appreciate you having me, first and foremost. Um, my name is Jay Donaldson. Uh, a lot of people call me Jay Don for short. <laughs> I'm a uh, entrepreneur, owner of Don Peace Watch Line, Property Don's. Had a local business I was doing too, but I've stepped away from it for the time being. Um, but those are the main things that I do. Obviously, I'm a father, a husband, a friend, a son, all that too. But those are uh, the main two things that people know me for. Got you. I I know. I mean, the people don't know, but I know. Um, you you know, you went to graduated college, was working in corporate, you know, America and stuff like that. What was mm-hmm. the what was the, like the the triggering point or like the transition for you to be like, or what got you started thinking like, okay, this ain't really for me. I want to do watches or I want to do something different. All right. Yeah, my bad. I didn't go all the way. Oh no, so, you good. Uh, you good. But yeah, I'm from Omaha too, South Omaha to be specific. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like both said, well, Trambo said, I call them both. If y'all ain't know that already, but um, I started in corporate like dang, what year was that? Uh, I think it was like 2011, and I was working at Conagra Foods in Omaha. And then like my second year there, um, we had like this big meeting, and they're talking about they're gonna uh, relocate the corporate headquarters or whatever to a different state. Um, and that coming with that was a lot of job job layoffs. And so I ended up landing, cause I seen the, the writing on the wall. Um, I was basically gonna get laid off there, but I ended up landing a position with uh, Nestle USA out here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Like they reached out to me like almost immediately after that happened. And then it happened, the same thing ended up happening, how long was that? I think I was at Nestle for almost five years, almost. And the same thing happened as relocating corporate headquarters, which mean, meant they was gonna relocate everybody. But I wasn't trying to relocate. Um, thankfully, they did give us like a year heads up so we can plan. And it was at that point where I knew that I didn't wanna um, keep jumping around companies or even trying to climb a corporate um, ladder. 
and it's not wrong with it, but I just knew it wasn't for me. It's like, it's unpredictable. I'm not in control of my own destiny. Um, and I think I was always like hindsight, always 2020, but I think I was always kind of made to be an entrepreneur just because the way I grew up, the things I've uh, come in contact with and stuff like that. And I had also, when I was at Conagra, I had toy with the idea of starting my own business, but um, I don't think I had the confidence yet or the knowledge or the, the push to do it. And I was also discouraged by uh, a couple people who I brought it to. Um, so it kind of threw me off. I was also encouraged by some friends at that time too in my us, my life, but I still didn't pursue it at that time. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I jumped into entrepreneurship. And I had already started the watch line like a couple years before the Nestle thing got happened, uh, the Nestle layoff thing. So I was already kind of toying with the idea, but that basically gave me the the extra push to just jump into it head first. Got you. Uh, you said something in there. You said like you you like you were just you know uh, discouraged and stuff like that by like people you bought it to, and yeah. once you once you actually did like go from like you know quick your corporate job walk away from that and then get into you know full time entrepreneurship. How was that? Because you know title of the podcast is comfortably uncomfortable. So I, I'm sure there was like time initially when it first started that you was like the unknown. Like you had to you know jump into jump into that fear, jump into that, that, hey, this could possibly fail, but you're not going to let it. You're going to do everything you can not to. But how was that? Like, how was that first, you know, day or first week when, you know, stuff wasn't, you know, I'm sure it wasn't moving, like, you know, at a light year speed, but, like, it was going, but not really. Yeah. My shit wasn't going at all, bro. <laughs> like, it was, a hard, I tell people all the time, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, and I've done some hard shit, but that was, like, uh, the hardest thing. It was, like, because you, when you go first generation in anything, um, and definitely entrepreneurship, it's like you learning everything on the fly. And the thing is, like, I'm a big routine person, as you know, as one of my close friends, you know, everything I do is in routine. Like, I do the same shit every day, damn near. Um, and it's on purpose. And so, for when I jumped into, when I jumped into entrepreneurship, before I had started, I had got myself, like, a little daily routine. And I had stuck to the routine. And I'm getting like I'm getting I'm seeing progress, but I'm not getting results in the financial form, if that makes sense. So I'm putting money out, but the money not bouncing back. And so when you do that for shit, I think I was it took me like six months to start making any type of money back. And so when you do that, you you basically you you deepen your faith because you like I gotta like I see something like I see this can be something, but it ain't it ain't nothing. Um, and so I'm going, I'm down there going for broke, bro, my first six months. And you know me, like I've always, I've always had like a, a, a nice security fund, like, but right. it's like damn near at zero. And then when your faith started dropping, um, but it was just something in me. It just kept, like, I kept, like, every time I got ready to give up, like God would show me something. It'd be like something that, like a, a order would come through or something like that. Or I'd get a lead on a, on a property. And it is just like, it'd be little stuff. Like, I literally, bro, I'd be like, I might apply for a job. I might go do this or do that to get some bread. And then it'd be like, God, show me something. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to it. And then I finally did start getting some results. Like, I jumped in, I think it was in March. And I finally started getting results, like, September, October. And that's why I tell everybody, this year, it's hard. Like, it ain't nothing easy. I know a lot of people on social media make entrepreneurship out to be like this this easy thing and people that's not entrepreneurs they kind of look at entrepreneurs and think that you just 
in retirement mode and you just chilling. But this shit hard. Like you gotta you gotta really be willing to put your bread out, put your time out, and there's nothing guaranteed on the other side of, side of it. So um that's that's basically my my six my first six months. That's basically the gist of my first six months in entrepreneurship. And it's still it's still a daily struggle. Like you'll have you'll have good good days, good months, good weeks, and then you have a bad week. It's like a roller coaster, bro. You know how you go on a roller coaster, and shit it slows down, then you go to the bottom, and then you shoot all the way up and you go back down. It's just like that. You just gotta be willing to stay on a ultra roller coaster. No, no, I, and that, and that's one thing that um you know I tell people all the time. It's like um when I get on social media and see you know people like you know hyping up the entrepreneurship, which is cool. Like everybody, you know, what I'm saying should be should be um you know find a way to provide for themselves. They got idea, you know, put it out, you know, try it. But you were one of the few people who you know who don't who don't sugarcoat it. Like you let us know, like yeah. hey, this is gonna be this is going to be tough and, you know, the same for everybody. And um, right. I see you always say stuff like that. So, I mean, I think it's important for people to hear that, but also um, one thing that like I admire about you is that you don't ever, with any of your friends, you don't ever put your success on like us. Like you don't, yeah. you don't ever be like, okay, all of y'all quit your jobs and be entrepreneurs. <laughs> like you, like you yeah. understand like that's for you and what's for you ain't really for you know, the rest of us, because we all know, like, we don't, we get on social media and we see people like, Hey, you got to quit your job, walk away from your job. And it's like, if everybody not, everybody not built for that. Yeah. And you understand that. And so that's like, that's a one huge thing, um, like a difference. So it's like another, one of the many reasons why I wanted to, you know, talk to you. Cause like, you don't, that's just not you different than most entrepreneurs that yeah. we see in our face, um, every day. Um, you mentioned earlier also that you are a father. So did anything change like with the business um, or like your drive? Like, of course it did, but like how long did it take for it to change? Because like, I know I'm a father too. So I know like that first, I was at the first three months uh, after uh-huh. having my son, it was like, okay, I got a son, but like, it ain't really like hit me yet. Like, so yeah. it's like, I'm just like going through the motions, like off that, like, you know, off that adrenaline of having one, like, okay, this is person is here. It's mine, but not really, not really like no, not knowing what to do, but not really like adjusted how I'm living. Like, at what point did did that you know um, did that click for you? It was like, okay, I gotta, I'm doing this for not just me, or not just for my wife, but for our kid now. Yeah, for me, it was like, um, it was I want to say like as soon as he was born, it was just like because even when I first when we first found out his gender, I kind of felt some change in myself. But then when he was born, and then obviously like we talked about on a. Uh, on my my podcast, well, the Pirate Partners podcast, like when you when I gave my son my name, it kind of gave gave everything a different meaning to me. Um, and then it was crazy because like right after he was born, the Dang Dash video, uh, the pot not the podcast, the Breakfast Club interview, yep. I had watched that, and he was talking about how he hustling for his last name and how his um he built his life up um to basically be structured to work around his kid's schedule. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I kind of took from that interview. And I was like, damn, that's exactly how I kind of feel. You know what I mean? And that's right. how, like from the day my son was born, it was just like, okay, I need to, I need to make sure my shit is together uh, based on him being here. Cause I don't want to, the last thing you want to do is miss time with your kid from any age, like from the time they born to the time they adults. Cause that shit, it flies by. Um, and I know with my dad, that's all I wanted from him was time. Um, and I didn't get it. So I try to put him the most, most time with that. I mean, with most time with my son, but then also 
the other thing was like I don't want to leave my son with nothing but like bills. You know what I mean? Because like right. when your parents die, like and they don't got nothing, like you got to foot that bill. Man, and I'm gonna hate to leave any of my 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 son, my daughter. Um, I would hate to leave either of them with bills. Like I want to leave them with assets, properties, businesses. Like, and that's up to them if they want to keep them or sell them. You know what I mean? I'll leave that up to them. But that was one of the things where I was like, I got to structure my life to really start getting plays in place for to set them up for their future. Because I also don't want them to, if they don't want to work outside the, the family businesses, I don't want them to have to. Uh, I know how, how hard it was for me to even get a job. Um, and like after college, like not to get off topic, but after college, it took me some years to get a job because I had a, a little blemish on my record. Um, so a lot of jobs, like shit, I went to, I had like a hundred interviews, bro. And I, would, I got like maybe 30, 40 job offers, but everybody was turning me away because I had a little blemish on my record. Um, and so I just remember, like, when you you think about all this type of stuff when you have a kid, you think about everything that you went through in life, everything that yep. kind of has happened to that point. And so I started adjusting my lifestyle in my life to set them up, uh, well, set him up, I should say, because at the time it was just him, to set him up to have a better life than I had. Um, and I don't mean like the... When I say the better life, I don't mean material things or stuff like that. I mean, like, so he doesn't have to worry about bills at an early age. Like, because, you know, growing up in poverty, you weren't about, is we going, like, is the lights going to be on this month? And I don't want him to have to worry about stuff that kids shouldn't have to worry about. And also, when he turns 16, I want him to have the opportunity. If you don't want to do nothing with sports and all that, once he graduates from high school, like, should you can work for us. If you don't want to go to college, you can work for the family business, take over the family business. Like, and just set up, get him set up um, for stuff like that. And so I had to position myself accordingly. That's right. I mean, you also, you touched on that, like um, showing him and, you know, providing something so he could have something when he, when he goes through, when he's done being a kid and he becomes yeah. an adult. Um, I know something that a lot of people don't see that I know being, being uh, your friend is you mm-hmm. take your son and involve your son and like, all the stuff you do. So like whether it's yeah. like a closing deal or like, you know what I'm saying, a walkthrough or I'm sure yeah. you're shopping for like your properties. What's like, what's the significance behind that? Or like, what's the importance you think by showing him that type of stuff or taking him with you? It's just, cause I, I remember growing up and it'd be like, I knew kids and I like, you just, you see kids and they don't know where the money coming from. And they mm-hmm. start, they start wondering, you know what I mean? And they start assuming. And it's even like the, the, the people, external people, like they, like people like to put the drug dealer tag on people when they see when they see you do making bigger, uh, big moves and doing this and doing that. They like to put the drug dealer tag on you. And this is like I ain't talking about myself specifically, but I'm talking about just in general. Or they like to put maybe maybe he's scamming. Like, and I'm not saying this is about nobody, but I'm saying like right. people start to assume things, and I would hate for my kids to ever assume that I'm doing something. Um, illegal or doing so i just want them to know exactly like if i am doing something illegal they're gonna know that i'm doing it because i don't want my kids to find out any other way than from me and so when i'm doing like my legal like when my everything i do is legal so i want my kids to know that this is exactly how this is how daddy provides for us and i also want to show them that this is how you can uh you can make money too and i feel like if you don't show your kids like how to make money, then somebody else will. Um, and that's not always going to be in a good way. But I know growing up, like the only, only way I knew how to make money was really hustling. Cause everybody I knew was hustling. Um, 
And that's not to say that uh, I did that, but that was one of the only ways I learned how to hustle. I mean, uh, learned how to provide. And that was the only way I thought you could provide um, on a bigger on a bigger aspect. Because it's like everybody you see working nine to five, they struggling growing up. But the people that's hustling, like they coming through with, like they coming through, you know what I mean? And it's like, um, I want to show my kids that you can do, you can do everything that everybody else doing the legal way. And you can literally live life the way you want to live it, doing legal things. And I'm showing you how you can do it. Like my son, like this dude, he didn't like, they know him. They know him at the title company more than they know me. Cause he, like he, he going there, he stole the show cause he's so comfortable doing it. And he, we walk it, we walk properties. He can, he can kind of point out stuff when he going to properties. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's just crazy to me, bro. It's like, he literally, he's leaps and bounds of, of where, from where I was at his age. And it's like, he can literally, I tell him all the time, like you can literally, like we was just talking uh, a few days ago. Cause he's asking me, uh, he's saying he didn't want to, he said he didn't want to go to the NBA because he didn't want to play basketball for so life. And I was telling him, I was like, uh, what you mean? He's like, well, I don't want to do that my whole life. And I was like, well, so you can start your own business, get your own money up. And then he's like, like you do. And it's just like little things like that. Their brains are already working. And so that's right. kind of what I try to do is just hone their, keep their brain to go to positive stuff and to show them that you can do it. Like, and you can do it. You don't need nobody to put you on. You can like start from scratch, just like your pops did. And that's the main thing for me. Yeah. I mean, you, you keep saying stuff like that's like so important because like me and me and my family, like having a, a family business, which is daycare, yeah. you get like the kids all the time. Like, uh, you can ask the kid the next morning, like they come in the next morning, you'd be like, Hey, uh, what did y'all do? Or like sit around like, Hey, what, what do your, what do your parents do? It's like almost important is knowing your, your, your mom and dad's phone numbers, like what they do, yeah. because you can ask the kid what they, what your parents do. And they have no idea. Exactly. Or they do know. And they like, Oh, my dad, my mom sell this or my dad sell this and it's like you ask your son or your daughter when she gets old enough it's like okay they know what dad do they know yeah, what dad exactly. does so that's that's extremely um extremely important um transitioning from from like the businesses and and you know entrepreneur your entrepreneurial spirit and what you do uh one thing that i i'm i'm grateful about not just for you but the rest of our friends is because uh i'm probably the youngest one out of like our crew out of our group not yeah. by much, but like the youngest one. Yeah, and for sure. growing up, like all most of y'all all got siblings and or like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think most of y'all all got siblings. I think I'm the only might be the only child. Maybe PJ. No, um, he, he got siblings too. So okay, yeah, he's well, the yeah. only one. Yeah, me only child. So like growing up, um, you don't it's like a cliche on social media because it's been used, it's been misused so much where they be like, you know, black men or like men, boys in general, when we say like we don't know because we didn't have the tools. Yeah, it's like you people use it in a negative way or they lie about it when they say it. But like for me, it's the real real life. Like there's certain stuff that I didn't know or couldn't know because my situation, my dad passed away, me having a mom and, you know, not that male male presence, male figure that I didn't know growing up. I was mm -hmm. fine. But when I got older, I realized it. And it's because of like you and I, Sean, I always credit y'all to not to mm -hmm. leave the rest of them out, but because y'all was the first people that I seen who like took the next step in a relationship, like with a woman, not saying like my yeah. I had uncles, but they way older than me. So it's like, you, you know, the, you're not listening to the old heads, like really <laughs> young gays. Like they ain't telling me stuff that 
it's true now, but back then I'm like, I'm out of hearing that. But yeah. then seeing like you and Sean and the rest of y'all like take that, take that leap and showing me like, okay, this is possible. Showing me how it's how it's done. I pick up on stuff like that. So it's like, okay, they do it. And I see how they do it. This yeah. is how you do it. What like how was that like? Because I'm sure like growing up, we all you know what I'm saying lived lives before we ready to settle down. But how was it like? What was that? How did you know when it was real? And how did you know like okay, I gotta ma- I gotta take this next step and make this a forever thing for everything? Yeah, I knew early honestly. Um, but the thing with me, marriage was tough for me because I was coming from a situation. Well, I grew up away. When you grew up in poverty or even in the hood, it's like you grow. You see people that's together their whole life, but they never get married. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the perspective I had. I never, marriage was never on my radar. Like, my mom, she got married. Um, I think I was in second grade when she got married, but I still didn't see that like a real marriage because the person she married, like, he was a good, good person, but he really wasn't showing me how no husband was supposed to look. You know what I mean? Right. And he built on us, like, the, before they got a divorce, well, after they, they had to got divorced and got back together. Um, but he built on us like every time things got hard. So I never seen that as a, a real marriage. Um, and everybody I had seen like growing up that got married, they got a divorce. And so I never, like I took marriage with a grain of salt back then. And, uh, like I said, everybody I seen that was together forever that lasted, they was just in a relationship, like boyfriend and girlfriend, but they refer, they would refer to each other. Like, that's my wife. That's my husband. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know official type stuff. So I never even. Shit, that shit was never, like, honestly, never on my radar. Um, but when uh, me and my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, we were together, and we've been through some real shit together, like, and I've been through some, like, some personal real shit, like, and there's been situations where, like, and I'm the type, like, I'm, I've been, when I'm going through some shit, I want to be alone. Mm-hmm. But, like, so I went through some real, like, some real, real situations, and I would try to push her away, but she just, she pulled up even harder every time I was trying to push her away. And so it was like, I think I was like 19, 20. And it was like, okay, she really formed because I didn't give her every reason to leave. And I done pushed her away so, so hard. But she's still coming. So it's like, okay, this is, she the one. But still, marriage still wasn't on my radar. Like, I still was like, this my, is she going to be my wife? But it still wasn't like, no, it wasn't on my radar because I wasn't raised that way. But as you get older, you start seeing what's right and what's wrong. And it's like, you start seeing what you're supposed to be going after. Um, it's just like, if you only see people hustling your whole life, that's all you think is out there. Mm-hmm. And so I started to see, like, you're supposed to be striving for marriage. You don't be in a relationship long-term. That's like, that's um, that's not that's not the move. That's not how life works. Like, you strive to get married. If somebody um, is worthy of getting married, you're supposed to marry them. They, they compliment you. And you feel like y'all powerful together, you're supposed to get married. So um, ultimately, I got on my own way. Um, and I did take the next step. Uh, but I should say we did take the next step. And uh, and I thank her thank her for being patient with me because it's like she she comes from a family, like her mother's married and she's seen that. And, you know, every girl wants to get married. Um, but she was patient with me because she knew, obviously she knew I was, not to hype myself up, but she knew I was the one that she wanted. And I obviously knew that she was the one that I wanted to um, be with forever. But um, just coming from two different places, one person who don't even like I didn't even know like marriage was supposed to be. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's not if it's not if you're not raised a certain way, you really don't see it how other people see it. But I ultimately I um, 
I I got exposed to what you're supposed to get exposed to, like in the, the like I said, living life the right way, um, and whatnot, and took the next step. And it's been marriage isn't isn't, isn't easy, and that's what like I seen something on Twitter some months ago. Somebody was like, um, what they say? They said I could never get married because I don't want to be comfortable or something like that. And I was like, shit, like marriage is the most, it's the most rewarding, wonderful thing, but it's far from comfortable and it's far from easy because you have to remember you have your, when you move, you're not moving as one no more. You're moving as a unit. Mm-hmm. So everything you do, you have to run it past the other party. And, and even if you don't run it past them specifically, you have to keep them in mind for every move that you make. So you can't just be out here. Like, I can't just go buy a, a fucking a Lamborghini. Like, you know, even if right. I had the money to buy a Lamborghini, I can't just go buy a Lamborghini because that's reckless. That can impact. Like, she might have something that we needed to, you know what I mean? Like, it could yeah. be something financially that we what need to cover. Not. You can't move like you a single person no more. Um, and that's where I say it's not it's not easy. And you have you have uh, disputes because you need two different people. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. you trying to, your chemistry, you're still learning that person every day. It's like, even with your kids, it's like, and it's not to compare marriage to raising a kid, but it's like, you're, you guys are two different individuals, two different personalities, come from two different places. Um, whether you grew up together or not, like you still come from two different places. Um, and so you're still trying to, you trying to make it, you trying to make it work with two different uh, people. And so it's hard. It's like, it's it's hard in the aspect where you gotta, you just gotta keep the other person in mind at all times. And you also have to, let your pride go in certain situations because um, some should be like half the half the time is me because you know me I'm I'm bullheaded <laughs> yeah. and I'm I'm childish like but she put up with not not put up but she she accepts me for who I am and that's why I love her because it's like shit I don't know if I would deal with me because I'm I'm not <laughs> you know me as a friend so right. I'm, I, <laughs> I could be annoying I could be controlling like it's certain shit I can be I already know myself so. But it's a beautiful thing when you uh when you in it with somebody that you actually like that's your best friend. Like it's it's easy. It's not it's easy, but it's hard at the same time. But it's definitely something I don't regret. And uh it's 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 dope though. So and I appreciate your words too. because uh, it's definitely something I if you ever find somebody who you feel like is worth marrying, I definitely would recommend to anybody, don't wait. Like, cause there ain't nothing but doing wasting. You ain't doing nothing but wasting your time and their time. If you're not, uh, if you're not on that, you know what I mean. And if you're not on that, then don't waste their time. Like, just let them. Be, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's like another thing. Like I said, with the entrepreneurship, it's like you see, you see on social media, and you see like other friend groups or other people. It's like um, they put other stuff on their friends or their people around yeah. them. It's like, that's one thing. It's like you specifically, you never, we all got, we, we all got friends. We all know like friends who live in their life and they doing, yeah. doing what they, you know what I'm saying? They just living, which is cool. Right. And you understand that. And you never like, Hey man, go ahead and get married or Hey, go yeah. do this. It's like, you know, like you can, you have a good like intuition, a good sense when you, cause you call it all the time. Like, you know, when yeah. somebody is like ready for that, for that transition or ready for that, like that next phase. And right. you'll, you'll be quick to point it out and be like, Hey, I think you should, you know, do this, but never in a, like a, 
hey man, you got to do this. Never a badger, and you say it, you hint at it, you a joke about it because yeah. you know, you know it's ready because you've seen it with you, so you can see it. Um, what other people? So I think that's like that's the type of stuff that you that um you know friends or anybody should have around like somebody like that like who not gonna mm-hmm. pressure you to do anything but you know just like you said giving you the tools showing you the way what without no uh no words just by action yeah and my main thing be like and i know me i move to the beat beat to my own drum like i'm gonna do what i want to do when i want to do it how i want to do it and so i feel like all my friends i can't <clears throat> i can't live life a certain way and not expect other people to and so that's why i don't never push nothing off on none of y'all not even uh my wife like I want you to be the best person that you want to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I see a little shit, like you said, like even like with your, with your podcast, like before you started your podcast, it's like, like, Vo, you going to, like I told you all the time, Vo, you going to be the truth with that shit. Like you need to, mm-hmm. like you need to do it. And once you put the bug in my ear about like that, you was interested in it. I'm going to push you to do it. But right. if I feel like you're not going to, that's not your, your thing. Like I ain't going to, like that's corny to me. Like you don't ever push what you want for other people. Like I'm not going to, Basically, that's basically trying to live through other people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And trying to make it seem like your way is the perfect way when we all just, we all imperfect. We all trying to figure out uh, right from wrong or what's for us and what's not for us. So that's all I try to be is just like, just be the friend that once you bring something to me, because you're bringing it to me for a reason. You know what I mean? Yep. Either want support or feedback. So I'm going to give you that. Um, but... If you're not bringing it to me or if it's not on your radar, if I don't feel like it's for you um, in general, like I'm not going to push you to it. But um, but yeah, that's kind of something I, I also pride myself on. So appreciate that acknowledgement. Real. Got you. And um, to bring it back to like the to bring it back to like, you know, um, watches and stuff like in the watch business, stuff like that. I think it's important. I just thought of it like people who selling a product and and creating a product uh, product and to to give to people. How how difficult or how how do you go about it when it comes to like getting your product into like celebrities or like info? Because I know how we we both feel about influencers and we joke yeah. about it. But how how <laughs> important or how how much of a part of the business is that and knowing what to what to give away and what not to give away, even, even if you ever give away, like, yeah. because we all want, you know, you always want something to the masses and you know, like the way to get it is to get into the people who right. have the most eyes on them. So how do you go about that? Just to help people out who are giving a product, whether it's, you know, doing makeup, lashes, yeah. selling clothes, how, how do you go about it? Uh, so just to start, when I first started down piece, like my first year, bro, I lost, I didn't make no money. Like I lost, I lost how I many five figures I would say my year for my first year and it wasn't because I wasn't selling it's because I was giving away so much stuff mm-hmm. um, like I literally gave away more watches than I sold but it was part of the laying the foundation for my brand like like you said you want to get your product out to the, the masses and you don't want like you want you want the customers to see your product on these famous people or on high level celebrity I mean high level people in general because it, it creates a want and a need for them um but since then I've learned that that's gonna come anyway if you uh have a good product like my first year like um I gave out like bro I gave <laughs> I gave I'm not keep going back to it but I gave out a ton of shit and I sat down and evaluated I'm like I'm in the red because of this I'm not in the red because of of sales um 
And I guess to touch on the point of how how you do it, like it's to get a the free game. The way I was doing it was you go through the the agencies. So mm-hmm. say for instance, I want to get a watch to um, who's a like Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. For instance, his his agent had reached out to me on uh, Instagram. Uh, well, yeah, it was the first year I started Don Peace. And so I met with his agent. And his agent represents like maybe 20, you know, NBA agents that represent right. a ton of other players. So uh, we worked out a deal. Um, and I gave him a bunch of watches on the front end. And he distributed them to his athletes. A couple of them post, a couple of them don't. Uh, well, I would say... I would say maybe one percent of people, famous people, are going to post your product, and of that one percent, one percent are going to tag is going to tag your product. Um, and so, me not knowing the numbers at that point, I'm just giving shit away, like because this happened with different agents throughout that year t- a ton of times, and some agents, some agencies uh, pay for the product too. So it wasn't all total giveaways, but they pay for the product, but it's still at a discount. Mm-hmm. And I say all that to say, it's like you might get your product out to a bunch of celebrities, but other celebrities, only 1% is going to post them. And if they don't tag you, then shit, it's a dead post. You know what I mean? It's like, you can use it for your feed, but if they don't tag you, it's still not going to bring, it's not likely to bring any of their, uh, their, uh, what do you call them? Their insights to your page. But the ones that do tag them, it's good. Like, it's a good look. Like, I think Caesar from Black Ink was the first one to post and tag. Yeah, I remember and that. Actually, I pulled up out there and uh, I had chopped it up with a couple of people at his shop and got them a watch. Um, and one of the people in there bought a watch. So it worked out in that capacity. But I say all that to say, like, if I was to start over, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have just went straight to the, um, I would have went straight to my people because one of the things coming from Omaha is a lot of people say before you start a business, they're like, Omaha don't support, Omaha don't do this. Mm -hmm. And I went off assumption. Like, I assumed that it was true, and I didn't even try to push the Omaha. Like, I posted my shit, but it was like, anybody from Omaha that, um, like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't embrace I wouldn't say I didn't embrace it because I'm all, you know, I'm Omaha fooling. Like, I still rep Omaha even though I don't live there. But it was like, I feel like they wouldn't go support anyway. So it's like, I'm not even going to, like, I'm going to post it. But if they don't support it, they don't support. But that second year after I sat, sat down and evaluated my numbers at the end of year one, I was like, all my sales, like, a majority of my sales are coming from the city. So I need to embrace the city. Like, that that narrative that they push on is false. And so that's when I went after the city. And it's like, Everybody started supporting at that point, and this it's grew obviously year by year. But um, I say all of that to say, like the whole influencer celebrity thing. Like, if you're building a brand, you want to start at home first, in my opinion. You want to start. That's the easiest way to get your foundation started. Um, is by starting at home, starting with the people you know, and at the same time, don't don't um, don't be disappointed when they don't support though, because I feel like. A lot of people, even myself, like I was disappointed when people close to me didn't support my brand um, from the start. Because it's like, even in college, like when you, because uh, I'm, when I was in college, I was a sports management mm-hmm. uh, major, but there's a lot of business classes. And the first thing they do when they have you do a business plan is to write down 50 people who you assume will support your business. And my 50 people, like I didn't write it down ahead of time, but the 50 people I had in my head, maybe three of them supported. And so that's like, I took it personal for a while, but then I realized it's like, it's one of, I think it's ET. He was like, it's your dream. It's not theirs. So mm-hmm. 
once I realized that, I'm like, these niggas don't owe me nothing. Like, don't nobody owe me nothing. And I said that like a couple of days ago in my story, like nobody owes you anything. So you got to push it. And if they don't support, they don't. If they do, they it's extra. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I would recommend for anybody. Like, you can go after the celebrities, go after the influencers. And I think it's a good way to to get your brand out there. But just know that just like your friends don't owe you nothing, they don't owe you nothing either. So it's not... If they just because they got your product, I mean, they're gonna post it or they're gonna tag you. Um, and you can negotiate, like, because I've had a couple of celebrities where their agent or their um, business person has reached out to me and tried to, like, work something out where you pay them a certain amount of money and they'll post your product, tag it, and blah, blah, blah. blah. So you can also do situations like that. Um, but I like organic, um, I like organic support. And I've had, like, I've had celebrities who I've sent free products from, and they've organically bought products in the future. So that's always a good thing, too. Um, but, yeah, I think that kind of answers the question. But just to answer the question, like, if you are trying to go that route, we'll get shit to celebrities. I would definitely recommend tapping in with uh, agencies, whether it be sports agencies, um, uh, beauty. I'm not sure how, what the... With the, well, I guess stylists. Yeah, stylists, because there's some stylists that's tapped in with me hard, and they actually buy products, too. Um, and that's how, I like, the situation with, uh, damn, I forgot the name of the magazine. But it was a, a photo shoot with Duchess uh, from Black Deep, Black Ink, and uh, a couple of other celebrities. Um, but my boy, Jamar Hart, out in Cali, he's a big, big-time stylist. Like, he styled Dre and them. He taps in with me all the time for timepieces. He's bought product from me, too. Um, but, yeah, that's the easiest way to get to celebrities, in my opinion, is because if you DM them on social media, that's what I used to do. You'll probably get a response where they're, like, 1%. But if you hit the stylist and the agents and stuff like that, they'll get you in the door. It's just what you do once you get in the door. And you can't go in the door with expectations because you likely going to get let down. And that's 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 free game because these influencers charge, will charge you for that type of information. But. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what's 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 next? Like, what's next for for property dons and and down piece? Like, what's 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 the, you know, I know the years you know, we're halfway through the year almost, but what yeah. what's without giving like away, you know, obviously, you know, any secrets or any like releases, but what's next? Like, what's what's the plan to take them to the next both both companies to the next level? I just want to keep because uh, I'm still in the foundation years, like. Like I was watching the Rick Ross interview a couple of days ago. And he was saying, like, when you're building a brand, you got to plan on building it for, like, 10 years before it do anything. And so I was I was on a five-year thing. Like, I always told myself when I, when I started my first business, like, the first five years is foundation year. So you're still figuring out the business. You're still figuring out the, the best way to create the product, the best way to get to your customers, the best way to have your customers be repeat customers, um, and the best way to satisfy your customers. And one of the things I've had to do um, over the years is just listen to my customers. Like, for instance, like uh, with the Don, with Don piece, like it'll be females or males reaching out. So, like, for instance, with the gold and the silver um, watches I just put out, the Kamaris, uh, I think it was, yeah, Kamaris. Like, all the females, they've been DMing with me since probably last year. When another gold uh go all gold piece coming out with another silver go uh a silver piece coming out and it's like you gonna listen to your customers like 
you're not going to win. And so that's kind of what I've been doing is just listening to them and building on that. Because um, I think that's the best way. That's how you win is just by listening to them. Because I had a whole other thing in my head for this year. But it's like they've been asking for it, so why not give it to them? And even with the men's pieces, like everybody was asking for co- different colored faces. So it's like like my cousin, my cousin Quez, he asked for uh, my Quez Brewer. Uh, he asked for a green face down piece some years ago. And I haven't putting them. He thought, well, he thought I was putting them on the shelf, but it's like I'm listening. And then somebody else asked for a green face, so I'm like, okay, I gotta get that in production. And it's just little stuff like that. That's how I'm building my foundation, and just by, like I said, just being figuring out how to be more strategic with releases uh, and listening to my customers with that business. And then with the property dons, it's just working on scaling my business because um, I don't want to be doing everything. Like obviously, I don't. I hire people to fix the properties, but I'm still uh, prospecting. I'm still, I'm still on the ground with it. You know what I mean? I'm still right. on the ground level, and I don't want to be like I don't want to work. My goal is to work on my businesses, not in my businesses. So, it's just working on scaling them and building them, basically, figuring out the easiest way to work myself out of some of the roles in the business, um, in both businesses, um, and kind of putting some stuff on, like, not auto, well, I guess kind of like autopilot, where it's like... They run themselves. Yeah, exactly, because that's the goal. Like, you don't want to, you don't start a business to create a job for yourself. You start a business to be able to just run the business. You don't want the, the business running you, basically. And so that's kind of where I'm heading at, but where I'm trying to be next year is kind of just working on building enough to where I can scale it to a point where I'm just running the business and it's kind of starting to run itself. Got you, guys. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully everything, not, we're not, Hopefully, because I know it will. Uh, cause, yeah. But you know, positive vibes, positive energy into the universe for both, both companies, both businesses, everything. Uh, you got going. One last question. Um, before I uh, let you go. Um, since you are the first guest, I'm a, I'm gonna start something new. Since I'm, I plan this season. I plan on having a guest on every episode. Is at the end of it. I want to mm-hmm. ask you. Um, because you, because you are entrepreneur. Um, can you give me your top five, um, entrepreneurs that you that you go, that you, you know, you not seek advice because you may not personally know them, but you yeah. like, watch their moves, follow their moves, and then you're like, okay, top five. That's tough. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of homies as entrepreneurs. Uh, but I'm going to say, number one, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but my number one, I would say, is Dane Dash. I know he got a bad rap in the media, but yep. he's uh, his interviews have done some for me mentally. Uh, he kind of put me on a different track, and I like like we come from the same not the same place, but we have similar um, similar views on th- certain things, and so I kind of uh, I fuck with him heavy. And then uh, from the city, uh, Willow Willow Brown Prime Society, like he one of the first ones that. Like, I remember when we went to Vegas, before Private Society launched, we went to Vegas, like, shit, I forgot what year that was. Maybe, I don't know, that was maybe, shit, like, seven years ago. Um, maybe it was, it was almost like 10 years ago. We went to Vegas, but he's telling me about a t-shirt line he was starting. It's called Private Society. And he sent, so obviously, I see the bags around the city. Um, and him and his partner, they kind of, they basically taking over the bag industry. But he was the first one that I seen really with, a legit like type brand 
Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I fuck with this. And he kind of inspired me. Even when I started Don Peace, he was the first one. Well, he didn't call, he wasn't the first one to call me, but he was the first one. Yeah, actually, he was. He was one of the first people to call me when I dropped the link, uh, just saying that I was dropping the watch line. He called me and he was like, uh, he's like, okay, so what you got going? And I was giving him kind of a blueprint. And then he was like, what's your price point? And I was like, my price point, bro, was so low. I, was, I just wanted to kind of get, my thing was, I wanted to get the product out. And I right. like, my, my people are going to support it if I put it at this price. Because like, you can't call nothing a dime piece and be dropping it at that price. And I'm like, damn, that's heavy. Like, that's true. And so I've always fucked with him because he's honest. Uh, he's also, he's gave me a lot of advice. And I, we tap in on a lot of different shit. We don't talk as much as we used to, but we still, like, we still tap in at least uh, once or twice a month and kind of just on some random shit. But we, he always giving me tips here and there. And then obviously Jamel... Jamel LeBranch, uh, Fifth Shade, Power Partners Podcast. Uh, he got the uh, Midwest Mill with the whips, Baker Mill. You know, Melo got a bazillion. For sure. <laughs> bazillion business. Nigga Jamaican got every job. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, obviously one of our best friends. Uh, but uh, we and him, we done, we done been in situations together where it's like, shit, you know, we went out to Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we went out to Oakland two years ago the uh, link with Steven Jackson for some product stuff that we was doing out there and shit we fucked around our rental car got broken into like we bro lost his whole bag like his whole bag of everything he brought like uh, and we sliding we sliding to Oakland bro in a rental car that with a busted windshield looking like we literally hitting corners looking for niggas with the bag like we putting our life on the line at that point you know what I'm saying it's like when you go through real situations with people like that that you still that still inspire you and like it, it gives you a different type of bond with them. So he's one of the one. He's in my top five uh, entrepreneurs. And then uh, trying to think, Jay Z obviously because he's a mogul. I don't know if I'm supposed to go local or. Oh no, uh, you good. Whatever, whatever. You so got you got four right there. So one and then uh, this fifth one, I'm I'm gonna have to throw a bunch of people in there. Uh, but obviously, Mikey, uh, that's my brother. You know, we grew up together. Yep. He's one of my best friends. But he's one of the first people in the city with a clothing line. Mikey Tony for everybody. Yeah, Michael Tony. Yeah. Uh, Schoolboy was the first one, and then uh, Chasing Luxury now. And obviously, he has it. Like I was just with him on the Fourth of July. We was talking about all the businesses he kind of got coming up. Um, so he's one of the ones too. Because um, when I when I first started my entrepreneurial journey this time around, I was I was on the front porch, on the front porch, talking to him and our, our brother Rashad, kind of about everything. We just talking about how our journeys are kind of similar in the entrepreneur thing. So, um, well, you know the risk that people have taken. And how shit didn't go go right for them, but they still sticking to it. That kind of gives you a, a greater respect for them. So I got the ultimate respect for him, and he inspires me too because he's so damn creative. Um, and then obviously Cam uh, Barlow, like he he's one of the ones. Like he just starting off into this entrepreneur thing, but I still inspire. He still inspires me a little bit. I mean, not a little bit, but he still inspires me because shit, he jumping off the he jumping off the porch. You know what I mean? He had a a whole. Good job, and he jumped off the porch with it. Like, um, he putting it all on the line, so that's that's inspirational. Um, trying to think of anybody else, I know I'm missing some people, but um, but yeah, and I say all the entrepreneurs in the city in general. Uh, D Lo's another one, D Lo Moke the Game, and uh, D Lo uh, High Grade, both of them inspire me too because D Lo Moke the Game, like, I remember. 
everybody know I grew up over south, but I remember right, uh, riding through the neighborhood, and it's like you got the projects on one side, and then he he like literally across the street from the projects with his uh with his table with his shirts on there, and it's like this like two thousand and damn what year is this like twenty ten, he in the trenches with it like this before y'all this before y'all was really seeing the shirts like this it's 100 degrees outside bro out there <laughs> with the shirts some of the shirts on the neighborhood like so that's that's shit inspirational because it's like that's like that's that's risk bro like that's 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 great that's hustle like that's all of that and then obviously uh low uh d low richard marion low marion however i know him uh but he has the uh the high grade brand out in denver and for him to just uh, start that and then take a risk, move out to Denver and kind of put his all into that um, is inspirational. Um, so, yeah. And me and him, we got a history like we was both we both grew up around the same people. So we both had the same dreams as, as, as admiration. So to see him kind of hop in the legal lane with everything that we seen growing up, um, it's kind of is real dope and inspirational. So. I would say I know I, I got more than five in there, but that's that would be my top just off the top of my head. I know some people I'm missing, so I missed you. That's my fault, but then the first people that come to mind. For sure, that's a that's a good list. Um, de- definitely a good list. And Cam, if you listen to this, I'm coming for you <laughs> this season uh, because, as Jay said, you really you took a leap, like a huge yeah. leap. Uh, if you know, you know. So, yeah, you took a huge leap. So if you listen to this, Cam, i uh, got to get you on um, this season uh, for sure. Um, well, Jay, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, being the first guest on Comfortable Be Uncomfortable podcast. Um, I think it's going to be real good for people uh, because you really, I mean, you knowing you for, for quite a while now, almost a decade now, um, if you know Jay, like, you know, Jay don't really do too much talking. Jay really just do the work. <laughs> so, like, to see Jay, like, he got his own podcast with uh with some of our friends, the Power um, Power Partners podcast. See him talking more, and even now, like talking and telling stuff that he normally wouldn't say, is huge. Um, people throw around like, um, you know, real niggas and OG titles way too loosely, um, for everything. But like, nice. I can say, and I'm sure our friends, anybody who know Jay, can vouch. Um, stand up, stand up guy. Uh, if there ever was a definition of a real nigga, Jay would definitely be falling in that category and OG, anybody you can look up to. So hopefully the stories and the advice he has given us helps somebody out there. Um, I'm sure it will, but um, I want people to really listen to what he's saying because he's he's doing it. He's in it. Um, he's still in it. He he humble. So he's telling you everything, um, telling you everything that's right. He not, he's, it's no no fluff, no sugarcoating it um, when he say, uh, Jay, go ahead and give everybody your socials and where they can, you know, reach Don Peace, Don uh, Property Dons and listen to the podcast. Uh, and I appreciate your words, for real. For real, for real. I pride myself on that. It's crazy getting that OG mark, though, because I make me feel even older than I am. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, my socials, uh, you can find me on, you can find an Instagram. I mean, on Instagram, Don Peace Collection. I mean, damn, is it, it's, hold on me. Is it just Don Peace on? Because I know one of them. Let me check real quick. I thought it was Don Peace. I think it's Yeah, Don. it's Don Peace, Don Peace Collection on Instagram, and then Don Peace TC on uh, Twitter. And then uh, Property Don's on uh, Instagram. El Jefe Don on Instagram is my personal. Um, but yeah, you can find me on those. DM me if you got any questions. Follow the brands, though, for sure. 
if y'all not, y'all don't even gotta, well, yeah, follow the brands, go like a couple pictures so we can get in your algorithm. Um, so, because you know how the social media stuff goes. Um, if you're not really in the algorithm, they ain't gonna see what you got going. So, go on there, like a couple posts, follow the pages. Um, and I appreciate y'all, um, the ones who do know me and do know the brands and have tapped in in the past. Um, and I appreciate you both for having me with Trambo. They call you Bo on your podcast or uh, Trambo? What you uh, Tram- about? <laughs> Trambo, but I think people like people close to the know <laughs> they know y'all call me Bo. Uh, yeah. Short story behind that: Jay told me um, <laughs> my name. My, obviously, my real name is Bertrand, but everybody called me Trambo. And then one day, randomly, Jay said I needed a hood name, and he came <laughs> up with Bo, and somehow that's taken off. And now people outside of our friend group just be calling me Bo. So yeah, that's the story behind Bo. Yeah, facts. And y'all know I'm the. I was telling uh. Cause I seen DC change his name to um, Dallas, Dallas Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, and I'm like, I got to get my flowers for these names. Like, every na- every nickname I give out is sticker. So yeah, but yeah, I definitely appreciate you for having me on uh, Trambo. Yeah, no so, doubt. Weird. Uh, I feel weird to even call you that, but, but yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Thanks again, Jay. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Like I said, man, Jay being such an honorable and real nigga um, in that conversation y'all heard us i asked him his top five you know like entrepreneurial spirits that he that he fuck with and tap in and he gave me some good answers and then about 30 minutes after we recorded he hit me like yo i forgot one and he was like i gotta record it and add him to it so that's just like the real person he is so here's the person he hit me about after we recorded because he you know just slipped his mind and he added him to it that's just a real nigga for you and also DC, uh, DC Ross, for y'all that don't know, I'm uh, the owner of DC Inc. Screen Print Company. Just seeing uh, his evolution from Better Roses to DC Inc. And knowing that the reason he even started Screen Print was because he couldn't uh, get his shirts done in a timely manner. He couldn't find anybody to fi- finish his shirts in a timely manner. So he started Screen Print himself. And that's now turned into a, a lucrative uh, screen print company. So that's been dope and uh, inspirational. And also, uh, shout out to my brother, Sean, Sean McGarry. Uh, real estate agent. A lot of people don't realize that uh, real estate agents are they're entrepreneurs. They basically they eat what they kill. Um, if they don't get a sale or they don't get a, a house, like if they don't get a house that's selling or buy, they're buyer buying, then they don't eat. And that's an entrepreneur. So shout out to him with everything he's battling. He's still his story itself is inspirational. But everything he's battling, and he's still on his uh, real estate, um, his real estate kick, and, and killing it. So it's inspirational. Once again, special shout out to my brother, Jay Don. Make sure y'all go tap in and support all his things that he got going on. Um, Fire conversation. I told y'all I'm coming with heat all season. And um, these next two episodes going to be so fire, man. So fire. I got a two part series on love, relationships, relationship PTSD, uh, feelings, all of that. I got special guests for both. It's already playing, um, so look out for the episode three and four. They're going to be special, some of the deepest conversations that you could um, imagine coming from. So please be sure to stay tuned, tap in, follow me on all the socials. Uh, you can hit me, you can find me on Twitter at OnlyBertrand, that's only B-R-T-R-A-N-D, on Instagram at Tremble the Ruler. And for this podcast, Comfortably Uncomfortable Pod, please tap in. And as always, love the Trambo, because the Trambo loves back. Thanks for listening.